Welcome back to the 20-something experience. We have an extra special episode today here with Karen. And Carolyn. This is going to be an episode dedicated especially to Taylor Swift on the surprise drop of Folklore. And if you don't like Taylor, there's going to be a normal episode later in the week with Gabby and Lexi, so don't worry about that. But anyway, let's jump right into it. So, Carolyn, where were you the morning of Thursday when you found out about the surprise release? So I was asleep, and then when I woke up, I was so, so surprised. Especially because it was also the 10th anniversary of One Direction. I was not expecting to wake up to Taylor Swift news. So I was very pleasantly surprised. What about you? So actually Thursday morning. So I wake up every morning around 8 o'clock to walk with my mom. That day we were getting up around the 8.30. But I like naturally woke up around like 8.15 and I couldn't fall back asleep. I tried to until 8.30. I always try to fall back asleep for like 10 minutes. You know, why not? Mm-hmm. But this morning I couldn't. So I was like, you know what? I'll just go on Instagram. And I see all of these pictures and I'm like, what's going on? Like I've never woken up faster. There was like a tweet that was like, there's <laughs> yeah. like... Taylor's folklore drop is stronger than caffeine and that's literally so true because I've never been so wide awake like two seconds after waking oh my up God, it was literally crazy like I didn't know what to do I was so excited I, I think I texted the group chat I don't even remember what I did but I was just like freaking out <laughs> no I texted the group chat and I was like literally nobody talked to me there's so much happening today no literally and I just was so excited because like no one was expecting this you know what I mean yeah like, it was just crazy and yeah so I guess now we can take it back all the way to the beginning where Taylor's actually been like basically telling us this entire time that this was coming because on 427 april 27th she shared a picture on instagram and twitter saying not a lot going on at the moment and if you put those numbers together they add up to 13 and they also are rearranged to 724 which is when the album dropped so she was playing all of us there was another tweet that said all do women do is lie which is so true she was lying to us right in our faces she's so good at like little hints that are hard to pick up on but then you go back and you're like wow i feel so stupid for not picking up on all your hints yeah And then there was the clues back in June. Did you see those? I saw a couple, but you go into it. Okay, so basically I have photos of them. There was this weird thing. I don't even know where these photos are from. I found it on, well, I got the screenshots from this Instagram. It's must like me for me with the number four and the thing if you want to go look at them yourselves. Basically, there was some person named Steve IC. I think this is like a forum or something. And back on June 9th, this was released saying, it was a post that said basically, one clue that I can give that will make perfect sense is the traditional beliefs, customs, and stories of a community passed through the generations by word of mouth. And that is the definition of folklore, obviously. We had no idea. I didn't think anything of this. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I remember seeing that. When this came out, I literally was like, okay, whatever. And then a couple of days later, June 17th, there was another clue posted that said, a knitted sweater fastening down the front, typically with long sleeves. Obviously, a cardigan, which was the music video and the lead single. So I really thought nothing of this back in June. I, like, heard about it and I, like, forgot about it. But it's like, wow, we were getting played the whole time. I'm actually very happy that she just dropped it without her usual promo. Because, like, I love her whole promo leading up to it in the singles. But it was really nice for it to just drop and be like, wow, this is new. Especially because I feel like people are always super judgmental of her singles, you know, the ones that she releases. I feel like people often think that they're not the best songs on the album, which I feel like she kind of does purposely. Yeah, she definitely does. But this also proves, obviously, how successful she can be without having any promo before. So this was super successful. Folklore sold 1.3 million copies in the first 24 hours, and it broke the Spotify record for first day album streams by a female artist with 80.6 million streams. 
Um, 80 of those are from me and Carolyn. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then it was the most streamed pop album on Apple Music in 24 hours with over 35 million streams, which obviously proves that she is so powerful. And if you don't like mm-hmm. her, there is something wrong with you. Yes. <laughs> and then I want to talk about how we listened the first time because me and you listened differently. So go into how, you know, where were you Friday at midnight? I was at my cousin's house, just at her house. We were literally playing cards, me and my two cousins and my sister. I, we were listening to One Direction. I was like, guys, when it hits 12 o'clock, like I'm gonna be a new person like you're not gonna see One Direction me you're gonna see Taylor Swift me and then it hit 12 and I was like all right I gotta go bye guys and I like left their house immediately so then me and my sister came home and we laid in my bed and we each shared like one of our airpods and just laid in like complete silence and just played song after song in like the dark it was so great and then you watch the music video after, right? Yeah. Okay, so I listened a little differently. I actually went to the premiere on YouTube and I was watching there. I watched the music video first. And then I actually, instead of just listening to the songs, I think I'm a very visual learner. So instead of just listening to them on Spotify, I actually looked, she uploaded all of the songs and the lyric videos right after or right during the same time that the music video dropped. So I went and I mm-hmm. watched every single one of the lyric videos because I wanted to see them. And that's how I watched the first time and it was a great experience then I watched the music video again and I was up until like three in the morning just like I think maybe even like after three in the morning like I just couldn't sleep like I was so excited and I needed to oh my god I was up for so late I was already looking at people's theories I was like this is incredible but I didn't watch the lyric videos yet so I still have to do that oh my god they're so good there's actually a little theory about one later which you'll have to watch I guess because you Mm -hmm. didn't see it I'll send you a picture right now actually really quick just hold on there was a bunch of different theories about the lyrics and like how she capitalized things and um, how it was placed in all those yeah. So I do have to go in and actually look at them. Yeah, I actually only watched them that night. I do want to go back and rewatch them because I haven't watched them since. Although it was funny, I think I saw a tweet or something that was like, or maybe it was a comment on one of the videos where it was like, Taylor was like, you're going to need glasses to read these lyrics because the lyrics are really, really tiny in all the videos, but it's cute. It's a good aesthetic, you know? Yeah. Let's go into the Cardigan music video. It was written and directed by Taylor and it was shot during quarantine. And Taylor said that shooting in quarantine was surreal. And obviously they followed all the guidelines they had mask gloves she did her own makeup and hair and she did her own styling she had I think like a medical inspector there so that to make sure that everything was okay and everybody was safe and stuff good for her it is such a good music video that I would never have thought she could have done that in quarantine but I guess she must live on like that big piece of property and whatnot but every I know everyone has been linking the cardigan music video to Harry Styles music video for falling which I totally see the comparison but I saw this thing on Twitter of how the music video actually represents Taylor's career from like start to finish so basically like it starts in the golden light representing her innocence of starting her career and those are like her roots and then it goes into the fairy tale garden which is totally enchanted but represents like so good represents like the middle of her career and everything that she's ever dreamed about but then the drowning scenes and her like grasping for the piano are like representing when the world was against her and her whole drama with her record label and like kim and kanye and all that and then finally her coming back to the golden light which now represents her true self being brought but better and happier which i was like that's such a cute little theory yeah i completely agree with this theory i think it's so like beautiful just to go like go through with her whole career and also like in each little scene every time something bad happens or like you know every time like it's ending the piano always saves her so basically like, yes. the music always saves her like no matter what the music always makes whatever she's going through worth it mm-hmm. obviously there's been a lot of hard things going on in the past couple of years and even like in the beginning of her career back in 2009 like it was always the music that just made it worth it yeah for sure 
and it's a beautiful music video. I cannot it's wait so to see cute. what other singles she has. Like, if if she did that in quarantine, imagine what she's going to do after this. You know what I mean? I know. And then in this part, we're going to start off with the bad side, and then we'll go to the good side. And I want to ask if you have any skips for this album. Right now, I don't because I still want to give songs that I, like, don't necessarily love second chances. But there definitely is, like, maybe bottom two songs that I could see myself skipping in the future. But overall, the album doesn't really have, like, it doesn't feel like a skip album, if that makes any sense. I completely agree. That's why I ever like skips, if any, because I don't think there's any skips. Like, I think, you know, sometimes I don't like songs and I'm like, I don't really feel like listening to this, but yeah. I think on this album, like, I like every single song, mm-hmm. but, like, I don't mind listening to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's why we wanted to go into the skips first. I wanted to talk about maybe, like, immediate favorites, like, maybe during first couple listens, what your immediate favorite was. So my immediate favorite was The Last Great American Dynasty. That was so good. Yeah, that was such a good one. Immediately, I think I was like depressed when I was listening to this or something because immediately my first favorite was Exile. That one's so good. I don't know why. I think it was just the vibes of the Mm -hmm. lyric video and just like, I was just sad. Like, I don't know. It was just like the vibes were just like perfect during that moment. And I like literally cried listening to that. Like, I don't know why. I was like so emotional. Yeah. I cried too. It's so good. I think everybody was crying in that moment because it just made me so sad. And I just love that song. That was my first immediate favorite before I like got through and listened over and over again mm-hmm. so now we're gonna rank our songs we're gonna go from 16 to 1 and we didn't tell each other each other's yeah, ranks so i'm a little nervous that i'm gonna like lower her one of her favorites but i think this was honestly probably one of the hard, hardest rankings for, for sure. both of us because i feel like all the songs are so good and i told carolyn i feel like i know like my like top like six songs or like eight songs mm-hmm. and then like after that it's kind of all the same like it's just hard to like pick and choose you know yeah i feel like the middle of my list is like could totally be flip-flopped around i think my top ones are like pretty secure right now and my bottom ones are pretty secure but the middle is like giving me anxiety when i was listing them i completely agree like my ender so like my songs towards the end it's kind of hard for me to pick like which ones i like more even like in the beginning i feel like i like like my top five mm-hmm. songs all equally like they're just all number ones honestly they're so good so i will let you start you can start with number 16 and we'll go up from there i have epiphany as number 16 same (laughs) okay good okay what's your what's your 15 so my number 15 i feel like i like this song so much and like it's not 15 like it's not towards the bottom you know but i just didn't know where to put it it's mirrorball oh okay mine's mad woman that one is another one where i didn't know where to put it like i said the end of my list is kind of a mess so we won't we won't (laughs) get into that and then my number 14 i'm a little nervous because i read your other thing but my number 14 is peace Okay, mine's um, My Tears Ricochet. We'll get into peace later about why I feel the way I feel. Well, we're going to go into all of these songs deeper next, but now we're just going to give our ranks. Yeah. My number 13 is This Is Me Trying. Mine's Hoax. So actually, my number 12 is Hoax. So. Oh, really? My yeah. number 12 is 7. <gasps> Okay. I know, controversial. My guys. number 11 is Mad Woman. I really didn't know where to put this song. I like it, but I just don't know, you know? Yeah, that's why I have it pretty low because I don't know how I feel about it. But um, my 11 is This Is Me Trying. And then what is your number 10? I put Cardigan as number 10. Me too. Oh, oh okay. that's so Good. funny. Yeah, like I like this song, but it's just not up there with like my top. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel good. I thought I was putting Cardigan low and it's going to be like super controversial. Yeah. (laughs) Number nine for me is Peace. Number nine for me is Invisible String. I love that song. Okay. Eight is, I put The One. Oh, okay. Close to me. I put Illicit Affairs. And then actually number seven is The One for me. Number seven is Betty. (gasps) 
low. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I know that one's hard. <laughs> number six for me is Mirrorball. Okay. Wow. That's pretty high, honestly. I feel like a lot of people don't like that song. I like that song. I like it too. I just know where to put it. Like, I love that song. Just, I couldn't decide. When I first listened to it, that's like the song that was stuck in my head, like afterwards. I was like, wow, Mirrorball was just so pretty. I explained more, like, when I wrote it later, but I think that song's so cute. My number six is My Tears Ricochet. Such a hard word to, like, write. I know. <laughs> What's your number five? So, my number five is The Last Great American Dynasty. Um, number four, I have Illicit Affairs. Okay. Wow, that's pretty high, too. Uh, my number four is Betty. Betty is such a cute song. Maybe I do have her too low. Betty is, like, such a great song. Like, I, it's just so iconic. Yeah, it is really good. Um, I have Invisible String as number three. That's pretty high, too. My number three is Exile. It was immediately my number one, but I switched it. I already know what your number one is, I think. I want to hear your number two first. My number two is August. So is mine. Oh, my God, really? I thought that was yeah. your number one. And my number one is seven. But honestly, I will say, I feel like my one through four or my one through five are like all my number one personally. Okay, now for the drum roll. My number one is The Last Great American Dynasty. <laughs> Ooh, good song. See, I, I love totally, that song. Yeah. Okay, so we're pretty, I feel like pretty the same. Kind of shocked that August is the second for both of us. Yes. I really, really love those songs. I thought that was going to be your number one. Really? Yeah. See, I really couldn't decide. Like, with I, this whole thing was just hard same. to me. Like, I feel like with my last couple songs, I couldn't decide because, like, they could have all been flip flop. Mm -hmm. And then, like, my one through five, I think that they're all number ones. Like, I have repeated listened to all of them. So that was really, really hard. But basically, they're all my number ones because they're all good and you should listen to all of them. <laughs> yeah, every song on this album is amazing. And now we are going to go through every single song and give more an explanation what the meaning is, basically. And we're also going to give our favorite lyrics from each song. And I have more than one for a couple of songs, so bear with me. Oh, yeah, I have two lines or something for a couple of them. There's just so many good lines. Oh, my God, I have, like, five <laughs> for some of them. They're just so good. Okay, so we are going to start off with the one. Mm -hmm. And immediately, this song starts off with the uh, iconic line, I'm doing good, I'm on some new shit. Yes. Obviously a curse word right away. How do we feel about it? Um, I thought it was the perfect introduction to her song. Completely. Like, she is over the past. We are moved on. We are living our lives. This is my life now, so just on new shit. Yes. And also this song, I liked, I wanted to mention that the Never Leave Well Enough Alone references back to me, which I love that. There's so many lyrics that reference back to her old stuff or like, especially the past two albums. Yeah. Which I thought was really fun. Yeah, I feel like they all really like flip flop and like she like makes a lot of like yeah. references back to her old lyrics which I love Same. that because all of her lyrics are iconic. What's your favorite line in this song? Okay so my favorite line I actually have two so I just think I like and if my wishes came true it would have been you. I don't know I just feel like mm -hmm. like yeah that is so true you know. <laughs> yeah it is true. And then I also like part of the bridge where she says I persist and resist this temptation to ask you if one thing had been different would everything be different today? I like that line too. Yeah I just feel like I think about that all the time like if I did something different how would my life be different now you know what I mm -hmm. mean kind of like thinking about like regrets and stuff that I've had in the past so I feel like that line really hit me yeah for sure what about you what's your favorite line I like the lines where she's like the greatest films of all time were never made and you know the greatest loves of all time are over now oh completely agree those lines are iconic I just love the way she sings them I don't know I just love them <laughs> so much no yeah those were also like my favorite but I saw that you wrote it down so I didn't write it down because we knew we were going to talk about it oh yeah, those yeah. lines are iconic i just they're so good that is just so good like i just love i don't even know what i love about it i just love that i know also the first time i listened to this i immediately thought of harry styles but i just read like literally before we did this 
I read an article in Vulture that said it was written from another person's perspective other than Taylor's. So it's not about Harry, but in my mind, it's about Harry. Yeah, we should give a warning that me and Carolyn are like big hailer shippers. Like that's oh, my sure. OTP. And if you're not yeah. down with that, we're sorry, but that's just who we are. There's only two things in this world that I believe are 100% like right thing, wrong time. And that's Harry and Taylor dating and um, Logan Lerman as Percy Jackson. But that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, we are hailer shippers and you know, if it- All the way. It could have totally been about him. I just think that every song is about him, even though I know they're not. Just to me, they are. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, this song really does, like, could 100% be about Harry. Maybe they're just saying it's about different perspective to throw us off the tracks, but- Yeah, or so we don't get all the hail of the haters coming at us. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> but overall, I just think this is a really good opening track. And then in the same article I read, it said that this song, like the one and hoax were the last song she wrote for the album and they were added after she thought she was done with it entirely. And she describes them as like the bookends to the album, which I think is kind of cute. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, I just wanted to give a disclaimer that a bunch of the information that we have from here is from Genius. So obviously like I didn't come up with all of these things myself. You know what I mean? Like I looked at articles and stuff for this. Oh yeah, some are from like articles. and Yeah, so these are not all of our own thoughts. If anybody's gonna come at us, these are from like articles and like Twitter and like social media mm -hmm. and stuff. So I wanted to put that disclaimer out there before I forgot. Where we get attacked. Yes. And now we can jump into Cardigan. I like this song a lot. It makes me feel so many emotions at the same time. And I just love it. It's like happy, but you feel really calm when you listen to it. But you also feel nostalgic. It's just overall a great song. And she's really low on my list. So apologies for that. <laughs> Yeah, well, we both put her at number 10, right? I know. Yeah, number 10. Yeah, you know, it's just, it's a good song. It just, like, it just wasn't it, you know? There's so many, like, other songs. They're all good, but, They're like, all I, just, good. I hate saying that, yeah. I know. So, Taylor said that this song is about lost romance and why young love is often fixed so permanently within our memories and why it leaves such an incredible mark. Mm -hmm. And it is actually the first song that is part of the teenage love triangle that is told in the point of view of Betty. But we will get into the love triangle later. I think that we can leave it there for now. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite lyric from this? I like the line, I knew you'd haunt all of my what ifs. Oh, that's a good one. Because that just... Oh, that is a good one. That's like deep. I didn't even think about that. That is really deep. I don't know why. It just stuck out to me the first time I, listen I listened to it. And I was like, this is so true. You're just always going to have one person or one thing that you think, oh, what if? Oh, 100%. Always. And then I like two lines actually from this. The first line I like is a friend to all is a friend to none. And that kind of brought me back to like the mm -hmm. squad goal stuff days which she, I think she kind of regrets yeah. you know what I mean when she said that like she like loved having all of these friends and like she felt like she was really popular because I don't think in high school she was that popular mm -hmm. and stuff you know what I mean and then she realized like being friends with everybody isn't gonna get you like it's not worth it you know what I mean like you just need like a couple good friends and like being a friend to all is a friend to none basically yeah I also liked tried to change the ending Peter lo losing Wendy that just like hit me different for some reason I don't know I just love that and I did want to mention she also has the line once in 20 lifetimes yeah, which really she line. i feel like she often references the number 20 yes. in lover she said have i known you 20 seconds or 20 years mm -hmm. and then in daylight she says i've been sleeping so long 20 year dark night yeah and it's just like wow i love when she like brings it back to her old songs you know yeah same i think that's such a nice touch she added because also in the article or i think she might have said it herself too was that a lot of these songs are more made up and not necessarily rooted in her real life at this point so i think that's kind of cool that she's like mixing it in a little bit. Yeah, I completely agree. Should we go on to my favorite song on the album? <laughs> yes, it's iconic song, The Last Great American Dynasty. So obviously this is 
about her Rhode Island house mm-hmm. and the previous owner, Rebecca Harkness. Also goes by Betty. Yes. Take it away. Immediately after I listened to the album, the song stuck out to me, and it's my favorite since I listened to it, and I honestly don't see it changing anytime soon. But I just think the like the storytelling on this song is so good. Obviously, she is really good at telling any story, but this one I was just so entranced by every single word, and I had the clearest like picture of the song playing in my head. It was like a movie was going on. But also, Gigi Hadid put on her Instagram story that she's so happy Taylor decided to write a song about a story she always asked to hear. So this makes me feel like I'm one of Taylor's friends. <laughs> Literally. And I did want to point out that there is a line where she says that she dyed the dog green. I actually saw that it actually was a cat, but obviously Taylor loves cats so much that she didn't want to write about like hurting a cat, I think. Yeah, probably. So she changed it to dog, which I think is funny. I don't know if it's 100% accurate, but a bunch of articles were saying that it was actually a cat. This is obviously about her Rhode Island house, and I want to go there so bad. A couple years ago, somebody that I follow on Instagram, I can't remember who, but I remember them like going outside of the house and like taking a picture there that's so crazy yeah there's a public beach right next to the house so you can literally like see the house from the beach so i think that one day me and you should take a road trip and go to the beach and go see her house yes okay wait so you know how she obviously does secret sessioners yeah. for every album but she didn't do it this time mm-hmm. could you imagine listening to this song for the first time at the secret session at her Rhode Island house no that literally would have been like so iconic I, I just can't even the vibes would have been immaculate the power you would have stepping out of that house after hearing this album would have been too strong oh what's your favorite what's your favorite line from this this song by the way let's see my favorite line is 50 years is a long time holiday house sat quietly on that beach free of women with madness they're men and bad habits and then it was bought by me yeah so love good that. that's one of my favorite lines too yeah that is so iconic i just love that and potty house is the nickname that i think rebecca gave the house right mm-hmm. or who gave the nickname somebody nicknamed the house holiday house the one that she lives in in rhode island mm-hmm. and that is just so iconic by the way we're not going to go into i think the history of rebecca but you guys if you're interested should read if you haven't already read about rebecca she was wild like her life was crazy she like cleaned her pool with champagne and she was having a good time and she was rich and living her best life so good for her yeah and what's your favorite line good for rebecca my favorite line is and blew through their money on the boys in the ballet because actually um rebecca owned a ballet company so obviously that makes Mm -hmm. sense and i love that line too the whole song is just so good i know it's so upbeat i just like the way taylor sings that line specifically yes Okay, and now we'll go into one of the more sad songs, Exile. Okay, so obviously I think every single Taylor Swift stan cried (laughs) during this song, listening to it for the first time. It just hit so deep. And like I said, I watched the lyric video instead of just listening to it for the first time. So like if you guys watch the lyric video, it's sad. Like it's just a, a person walking through the woods and we will go into a theory about that later, but it's just so sad. And this was co-written by William Bowery. Which we think is Joe Allen. Yes. And could you just imagine like if that's really him and like they wrote this song together, like I'm not okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for real. But then it makes you think because like it's such a heartbreaking song of like two lovers who don't listen to each other. So I'd kind of be kind of like sad if they wrote it together. Literally. So yeah, this is basically about two exes seeing each other and Bon Iver's part is calling out Taylor for moving on so fast. And like I said, this is my first favorite song and I repeated it probably the most out of all the songs songs as well as my other top four but you know yeah this is such a good first listen and then what's your favorite line so i don't have a favorite line but i like the bridge and the outro um where they're singing over each other but opposite parts 
because it feels like a conversation, but they're also calling each other out for not listening while not listening to each other. Yes. So it's just, I don't know, just that part's so good. Yeah, like when you listen to it, I wrote the exact same thing. Like you wrote like the bridge and the outro. I wrote bridge yeah. and repeated into the outro. I love that so much. It's, you didn't hear me out. And then you didn't even hear me out. That's Taylor. And then it's Bond saying, you never gave me a warning sign. And then it's Taylor saying, I gave so many signs. That hurt. Yeah, that did hurt. That was really good. And then all this time, I never learned to read your mind. And then Taylor says, never learn to read my mind. I couldn't turn things around. Taylor says, you never turn things around. Around. And then he says, because you never gave me a warning sign. And she says, I never, I gave so many signs. And then it goes into the so many signs. Yes. My voice is horrible, but <laughs> it was so good. Like that outro. Wow. I, if someone ever breaks my heart, I'm be right there listening to that song. I know. <laughs> and that's why I literally wrote that. I said, I get chills every time I listen to the song. I literally want somebody to break my heart, shatter it, stomp on it, do whatever they want. I just want to feel the song <laughs> to like its deepest core. No, I completely agree. Like this song is the perfect heartbreak song. Like if you're sad listen to this and cry because it's just iconic and that outro it will get you this is definitely one of her best collabs i would say oh a hundred percent i also it also gives me like the last time vibes yes i was gonna say that they're like it's her older of... sister <laughs> <laughs> yes it echoes because her his voice is obviously like deeper and more rough and her voice is so smooth mm-hmm. i think that really echoes also the differences in their relationship you know what i mean oh yeah for sure that's such a good point yes wow. i love that i didn't get that actually well i mean obviously i like thought that but it was on genius so i won't take credit for that <laughs> yeah yeah and then we'll get into special track five my tears ricochet Track fives are always so good. Yes, track fives are always a special song. You know that. Everybody knows Mm -hmm. that. So this was actually the first song that Taylor wrote for the album. And she wrote this song alone. And it is speculated to be I don't know if you could say that it is but it's speculated to be about Scott Borchetta and her leaving Big Machine Mm -hmm. so yes let's get into it there's so many lines that just go with it but like cursing my name wish like wishing I stayed is literally him bad mouthing her saying you should have stayed (laughs) literally and then you wear the same jewels that I gave you as you bury me because literally like she made Big Machine what it is you know without her it would have been nothing like the amount of money that they probably got from her is just insane yeah and then oh this part is so sad where it's um and i can go anywhere i want anywhere i want just not home yes because obviously like she can't go like she can she could go to any label any label would have taken her because they know taylor is so successful she'll get Mm -hmm. you so much money and you know she could have gone anywhere except for home which is big machine that's where she started and there was so much drama obviously happening at that time that she could never go back to them she had to leave i also interpreted that line to being like she can't go home as in she can't go back to her old records yet because they still have them. That's good. That's really, really good. That's what I thought of when I, but yours also makes sense too because that was her starting point. I didn't even think about that, but that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then let's see. I have my favorite like standout lyrics that are, I have two. I didn't have it in myself to go with Grace. And like, I felt that, you know what I mean? Like she was already, like they were already mm-hmm. like bad mouthing her. And, like there was a lot of drama going down. So she wasn't going to just back down and just let it all go. You know, she had to like yeah. cause a commotion and like we had to see what was going on behind the scenes, us as fans. Mm-hmm. And then the most iconic line, obviously, and if I'm dead to you, why are you at the wake? Yes, uh, that line hits different. And then just one last one. I just posted this one on my story, but it's right here. And she says, I still talk to you. And then in the back, she's like, when I'm screaming at the sky. And when you can't sleep at night, you hear my stolen lullabies. Is that your favorite? Yeah, those those are my favorite lines. Sorry, I stole your limelight on that one, but. No, you're good. You're good. I think that's like everyone's favorite. Obviously her stolen lullabies are. Masters. Her, Mm -hmm. all of her masters. 
Yes. Yeah. There's like other lines that reference Scott, but you could just look them up because it's like the whole song is literally about him. But I just think that line is so iconic. But yeah, yeah you had you to had kill to... me and it killed you just the same. Scott literally bad mouthed Taylor so bad and she retaliated and now he's known as the traitor for good reason. Oh my God, 100%. That's like literally what that line's about. Yeah. And then crossing out all the good years because obviously she had a, a bunch of like amazing years with Big Machine and she was there for a long yeah, time. Yeah, and such good memories with Scott, trusted him with so many important things in her life and you just can't look back on them at that point. Yeah. Because they're so tarnished by the bad. Exactly. Yeah. Like, literally killing her literally killed him because, yeah, like you said, it tarnished the reputation and, like, yeah. now he has millions of people across the world that hate him. Yeah, and you know artists aren't going to want to go to him. And I do want to touch on the funeral imagery that goes back to Look What You Made Me Do. Yeah. And it's, like, the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now because she's dead obviously. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. Any more thoughts on this iconic song? So I think this song is going to be the last we hear about the Scott drama. And that this song's like her closing the chapter, you know, unless Scott does like more shitty things, but I hope not. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's nice to hear Taylor, her like calm thoughts on the situation because obviously everything was so blown up in the media, which also goes back to I didn't have it in myself to go with Grace. That's literally like she had to protect her own reputation too and just defend herself. Yeah. But I think this is like the end of it. I think this is her closing chapter. She's like, I said all I need to say, and I'm ready to move on. Yeah, I completely agree. And it was a beautiful song, so beautiful. and we are ready to move on yes. and hear the re-recorded masters because she deserves it. Oh, I cannot wait for that. Do you think she's going to record it exactly how she did, or do you think she's going to add some changes to oh it? Oh my god, I don't know, because obviously, like... Because on one hand, I think she knows how nostalgic all those songs are, and she'll want us to listen to it how she originally wrote it, but she's also in such a different place artistically than when she wrote these first songs that, yeah. like... On one hand, I wouldn't mind her changing them and getting it reinvented, but I also would, like, hate to listen to her old stuff and giving, like, money to Scooter and God. No, I completely agree. And it's also, like, always on tour, she does a little bit of changes in all of her mute, like, all of her songs. Yeah. So I feel like I would also be interested to see, like, if she does that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Because it's, like... I would love to hear, like, what she would do with her old songs and, like, how she would change them, but I also, like, don't want to, like, lose those songs, you know? Yeah. We'll see what happens. She's going to make the right decision. I'll listen to whatever she puts out. We trust her. We listen to Shake It Off, and it's a bop. Yes, okay. <laughs> so whatever she puts out, we're going to listen to it. And now we're going to jump into Mirrorball, which I think is a lot of people's, like, skips, mm -hmm. but I love this song. I just love the sound of it. I love this song. Yeah. So this, when I first listened to this song, I had such a vivid like imagery in my brain with this song the first time obviously all the songs now I can picture things but can I tell you what I pictured when I listened to this song yes so I picture a girl in a super long sparkly dress dancing in a castle and the whole castle if no the whole castle from like floor to ceiling the stairs and columns are all covered in pink marble uh -huh. wow and we move with the girl dancing through each room and I picture it being taken on like a vintage video recorder so it looks like a home movie and every once in a while she'll like turn back and catch the glimpse of the camera because it's like the love of her life recording her and like seeing her oh my god I love that's what that. I picture when I listen that's to this song that's a really good visual I love that that is really really good Taylor if you ever listen to this podcast and you want to make a music video for Mirrorball, you can steal my idea and give me no royalties. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just take it. It's yours. That's such a good visual. I love that. Yeah. That's what I picture. I think that this song 
is definitely underrated and mm-hmm. in a, like a couple like weeks or months or maybe even years people will realize that like they were dumb yeah. and that this song was a jam yes. I love the chorus the way that it sounds it's when so she's hushed. like hushed yes. when no one is around my dear yes. I love that it's so and it good also, I think that part also I thought maybe could show that like she can be her true self when nobody else is around watching her and judging her every move yeah obviously Taylor is constantly like judged and criticized by every single person yeah, in the world yeah everyone has their eye on yeah, her yeah so like when no one's around she can be whatever she wants and it doesn't matter yeah the song makes me feel so safe it's so cute i just love the vibes of it like it just makes me happy what's your favorite lyric my favorite lyric is when she goes and i'm still a believer but i don't know why i've never been a natural all i do is try 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 i love that which i would sing for you but it it would be bad (laughs) (laughs) but like i want to sing all of these and i think that i sound like her but i don't i sound like a dying cat or something i'm the worst singer my favorite lyric from mirabal is i'm still trying everything to keep you looking at me i don't know why i just like that you know what i mean like you're just like oh yeah that's a good line you're just like doing anything for somebody's attention kind of Mm -hmm. and now we'll go into my number one which is seven which is also track seven obviously and i love this song this song is good i honestly when i first listened to the song i was like wow this one's gonna take a while to grow on me but i love it now i find myself singing it all the time (laughs) she's actually really low on my list though but i do love this song because they're all good that it's just hard to like put them in a rank you know but we tried we tried for you guys so carolyn and i took a quiz saying which folklore song are you and i got that i was seven and it basically says you are a people's person you take immense joy in helping out your friends you are the type of person to consistently check upon your friends and are probably the one initiating all the group calls during quarantine, which is true. I did, which is so funny. And you tend to be a, the listener, someone whom everyone approached when they are having a tough time. You hate seeing people cry and you hate it when you're limited in the ways in which you can help people out. That's so true. If somebody cries in front of me, I literally, like, I cry too. Like, I, if I see someone cry on TV, like, I cry. I just can't. And then the last part says, love, just know that you're doing enough by being there and listening. And I love that. And Carolyn just took it and she got. I just took it and I got peace. And it says, you are the cutest person ever. I don't make the rules even though I made the quiz. (laughs) It is a joy to be loved by you because when you love, you love wholeheartedly. You are a baby that needs to be protected. (laughs) You are a bit insecure about your capabilities, but love, you are more than enough in just what you are. You have a tendency to put your lover on a pedestal, and that is all right as long as you don't end up undermining yourself. Know that you are amazing. I love that. That's so cute. If anybody wants to take this quiz, we took it from youquiz.com. I know there's a BuzzFeed quiz too, but I took this one, and I actually like the questions on this one, right? Yeah, I like the questions this one. I'll probably take the BuzzFeed one later tonight. (laughs) Yeah, same. Should we take it right now? Yeah, we have nothing to lose. So we also just took the BuzzFeed quiz. And Carolyn, what did you get as your song? This time I got Invisible String and it says, you're nice and quiet. Interesting. And I got Exile and it says, you're sensitive and laid back. Interesting. I like how both of mine were kind of the quieter songs on the album. It's just like, you're very chill. You just go and do this thing, which is interesting. Yeah. And now, okay, so let's go back to talking about Seven. So this song, basically, I think this song is just so cute. It reflects being a child and how you think problems can be solved so easily as a child. You know what I mean? Nothing is that big of a deal. And like, there's like simple solutions. And obviously when you grow up, it's obviously not like that. But this song has like a deeper meaning. It's a song about a childhood friend that had a rough home life. Yeah. And Taylor's just trying to save them. So what were your first thoughts when you listened to this? My first thought was that it's going to take 
take a while for it to grow on me but that was false because now I listen to it all the time and I love it but I just I like how it does feel like childhood like how you said um her choice of words are just very innocent yeah and really reflect like the whole narrative of running around as a child and thinking things but they really aren't how they are but you can make them better just imagination it feels very imaginative oh you know what I just like kind of hit me like thank you talking about that I feel like it just kind of like how you said earlier that your that other song makes you feel safe I feel like this song kind of makes me feel safe because it just like reminds me of being a kid and like nothing yeah. really matters and like you're just not worried and obviously there's a lot going on in the world mm -hmm. right now so like when you're a child you don't really know what's going on and yeah. like everything is fine what was your favorite lyric so my favorite lyric I actually have two and they're pretty long I don't think I'm gonna read the whole, all of them but I love the second verse where she says and I've been meaning to tell you I think your house is haunted your dad is always mad yes. and that must be why and I think you should come live with me and we can be pirates then you won't have to cry or hide in the closet and just like a folk song our love will be passed on that is just the cutest line that's like the part I always find myself singing when I'm just mm -hmm. swilling around my house it's just such a cute little part and it's like we can be pirates because it's like we can just play and like do whatever we want because we're yeah. kids and like we don't have any responsibilities yeah. and then I also like this part where it's pack your dolls in a sweater we'll move to India forever pass down like a folk song yes. our love lasts so long I love the way that she sings in mm -hmm. we'll move to India forever I think that's so cute and then our love lasts so long I just love yes, that same. line so much it's so cute what's your favorite lyric the ones you just mentioned I also like the beginning of the chorus when she's like sweet tea in the summer cross my heart won't tell no other because that just reminds yes, me that. of summer and like innocence because you say like cross my heart hope to die like it's so cute I completely agree so speaking of summer we'll move into the summer romance song mm -hmm. track 8 August so this song is in James lover point of lover's point of view so whoever he was cheating on also part of the teenage love triangle yes. so whoever <laughs> she is the other woman we don't know who she is but it's in her point of view and I just love 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 this bridge and the outro to the song I just love this song so mm -hmm. so so much which is obviously why it was both of our number twos because we love it I think this is my favorite song in the teenage love triangle which we'll get into more detail later but completely agree it's just so good what was your like initial thoughts when you heard this or like how do you feel about this song now i loved it the first time i listened to it and i still love it now i think this is probably one of the more upbeat like pop-esque songs on the album but yes. it still feels like it belongs in this album and not like on lover or like 1989 or something like that i just think this is also like a really cute song as well like it just like i just love like i'll go into my favorite line i love how she says wanting was enough for me it was enough to live for the hope of it all canceled plans just in case you'd call and say meet me behind the mall and she repeats that in the outro i just love that so much like i don't know why like meet, meet me behind the mall yes. was like initially mm -hmm. my first favorite lyric and i just love Love that Same. so much I don't know it just like I find myself singing that as like the echo <laughs> literally it just makes me feel like some type of way you know what I mean like I can't mm -hmm. explain what I feel but I just feel like I just like love it Same. that like is part of my favorite lyric too it's like remember when I pulled up and said get in the car and then cancel my plans just in case you call back when I was living for the hope of it all yeah yeah I love that whole part yeah and then my other favorite lyric is so much for summer love and saying us because you weren't mine to lose that just hits oh that one that, that one just really hits. really hits and it's so true we'll go into that I guess like that later with the love triangle yeah but like that it's it really does hit it's such a great song so obviously august is great and august is so good we will go into this is me trying which 
damn, like this song was sad. And I took a screenshot of the visual of the lyric video because the lyric video was just like, just like the vibes were there. Mm-hmm. And I posted it on my story and it's like the line where it says, and this is me trying. And that's just like so deep, you know? Yeah. So this is me trying is about admitting faults in a relationship, but at least she's trying. And I like the part where she says, I was ahead of the curve. The curve became a sphere. And I think it's kind of like trying to get ahead of whatever issue lay ahead, but she just reverted back into the beginning and it's basically just a cycle, you know, like you're going in a circle. Back to what we were saying, how a couple of songs before this made us feel like safe. Like when I listen to the song, I feel so at peace, even though the meaning of the song is like acknowledging your faults and putting your ego aside to admit you're trying to like be better. But like it just, I feel so at peace when I listen to it as if it's just a happy little song. I completely agree. What was your favorite lyric? My favorite lyric and probably one of my favorites from the whole album it says you're a flashback in a film reel on the one screen in my town. I just like that line. And the lyric video is actually like an outdoor theater, I think, something like that. It's like, oh, um, cool. yeah, I think I that's what it those. is. Throughout this whole album, she uh, like mentions like films and movies like a lot. I didn't say that earlier, but in a couple of the other songs, she like, that's like a visual that she puts into the song. So I yeah. like that that was your favorite lyric so we could talk about that. Yeah, I put that as one of my theories below. And then I, my favorite lyric from this was, they told me all of my cages were mental. So I got wasted, like all my potential. Mm. I just love that. And I think it's basically kind of like when people are saying yeah, like, like, maybe you're too. overreacting or like whatever's holding you back it's all in your head and I just love that the way she phrased that and then mm-hmm. the outro at the end where she says at least I'm trying that hurt it did hurt you know that hurt the way she I sings so many lines in this album just really like hit you where it hurts yeah like if you're listening they're not gonna hit you the way same way that they're gonna hit you when she is saying them because oh, she yeah. just sings them so good you know what I mean like if I could sing I would sing them for you but I yeah, would just destroy them so you would just have to listen to all the songs because they're just so mm-hmm. good and now we'll move on to this racy song illicit affairs which is obviously about an affair so i think this song like isn't purposely supposed to fit in the teenage love triangle but i think it ties into their story yeah completely agree this was one of my first favorite songs during my first listen and it's still my favorite song now it's number four on my list in case you guys forgot (laughs) but it's just so cute even though it's not supposed to be because it's an affair yeah i think the line is where it says what started in beautiful rooms ends with meetings in parking lots Mm -hmm. it's how kind of like an affair is so exciting in the beginning and fun and like you're getting away with it but then in the end it obviously never ends well and like obviously a parking lot is not as fabulous as a beautiful room you know it just it's never going to end well if you're Mm -hmm. having an affair and you're obviously someone's always going to get hurt I think multiple people are I think everyone's getting hurt in that situation yeah that's never good to have an affair obviously not and (laughs) I also like this line where she says leave the perfume on the shelf that you picked out just for him so you leave no no trace behind like you don't even exist mm-hmm. and I like I think this is possibly her deciding not to wear her own perfume that she knew he would like so that her lover's actual partner doesn't smell her yeah. on him and like realize that they're have like he's having an affair and cheating on her you know yeah they say on like I'm just on genius right now but they say it's the best cheating song since getaway car <laughs> and I was like that's so funny because getaway car is very like powerful and like boom 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 we gotta go gotta go but this one is more reflecting on it and saying like oh this is the like hard truth of having an affair yeah i completely agree what was your favorite lyric from this this one's kind of long but it's like don't call me kid don't call me baby look at the godforsaken mess that you made me you showed me colors you know i can't see with anyone else and then she says again don't call me kid don't call me baby look at this idiotic fool that you made me you taught me a secret language i can't speak with anybody else and then my other favorite lines at the 
end when she says, and you damn, you know damn well for you, I would ruin myself a million little times. Yeah, I love the sit your first lyric too. That's what I wrote down as my favorite yeah. also. I just love that so it's much. so good. And I just think it's so cute where she says, like, you showed me the colors that I can't see with anybody else. And then the secret language yes. I can't speak with anyone else. Like, that's just like, it's obviously like, this relationship was really, really special. And it's kind of like, I guess, like, obviously when it's over, she's going to be hurt as well. And like, usually in affairs, like the lover, I don't know, what would you call them? Like, like I guess, like, let's say like Taylor or whoever, you know what I mean? Like, she's never going to end up winning. Usually people who are ha- like cheating on their wives don't end up leaving their wives. So it's kind of like, yeah, she's thinking in the moment, like, I'm never going to have this with anybody else, you know? This lyric reminds me of when she says the world was black and white, but we were screaming color. Oh my God. I love that line. That is like one of like my all time favorite lyrics. And I completely agree. Yes. That's so good. When I first listened to it, that's what it reminded me. I was like, oh. Now she's going to see black and white again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's so true. That's so sad. I know. I love that lyric. That is such a good song. Yeah. It's really good. She moved to Invisible String. There's a lot we wrote for this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I just want to start off with the funniest part. So she ta- talks about um, frozen yogurt in the beginning of the song. And I just need to point out that Joe worked at a frozen yes. yogurt store. <laughs> and they wore teal uniforms. I bet when they started dating, Joe never thought that Taylor would write about him working at a yogurt store. Literally, it's so funny. Oh, and also, I did want to say that she does reference bad blood in this. Yes, I was going to bring that up. She says, um, bad was the blood. I love that so much. Iconic song, iconic music yes. video. And then, oh, I thought this line was so funny where she says, bold was the waitress on her three-year trip getting lunch down by the lakes she said i look like an american singer i just think that's hilarious i think it's so funny the waitress <laughs> is like listening to the song back and she's like uh, being called out by taylor's <laughs> like where is that waitress and also this ref that line references the lakes which is the song that nobody has heard yet and we're all dying to hear yeah we have theories about that coming up so so there's this one line that she writes and it says cold was the steel of my axe to grind from the voice who broke my heart now i send their baby's present which is a hundred percent about joe jonas and sophie turner and they just had their baby today to yes they they had their baby last week but the news just came out that their baby was born Mm -hmm. today and we are so excited and i need to know what taylor sent to baby jonas because that's just like i love that lyric so much everyone knows that like what happened with taylor and joe way back when was really bad but they're such good friends now and I just love that they overcame all that and she sends his baby presents it's so cute and Sophie is a Taylor Swift fan so obviously like they like get along and I also wanted to point out the lyric where it says a string that pulled me out of all the wrong arms right into the dive bar which references back to delicate and meeting up with Joe where she says dive bar on the east side where you at I love that also my favorite lyric yes that's so good what was your favorite lyric from uh invisible string so my favorite lyric I have two it's like one single thread of gold tied me to you oh that's mine too and then my other one is gave me the blues and the purple pink skies no oh my god literally i love that line because i'm like obsessed with the sky like everywhere i am mm-hmm. i'm always like look at the sky look how blue the sky is or like the sunset look, look at the sunset and that lyric stuck out to me too so we completely yeah. agree on that one i totally oh, feel cool. that yeah i love that lyric so much but this um song just reminds me of like an old school novel like i don't know why it's like such an old like romantic yeah oh my god story i totally it's feel so that. cute it, it reminds me of like a jane austen novel but i can't i don't like know which one exactly but it sounds something like jane austen i just like it a lot it's a really really cute song and 
like it's a funny and cute song like i said like the joe yeah. working at the frozen yogurt store is so funny yeah. and the waitress saying that she looks like an american singer that's hilarious yeah that is so funny <laughs> so that's the a really great is probably song. like printing that lyric out and framing it in her room because that's literally. what i would do to be called out by taylor swift in the song literally and then i feel like the store that joe worked at is gonna be like we were like taylor swift wrote about us <laughs> yeah they're gonna be so like packed now <laughs> literally now next is mad woman and she said that in the prologue for the album she said that mad woman tells a story of a tale of a misfit widow getting gleeful revenge on the town that cast her out which kind of also gives me vibes of the last great american dynasty obviously kind of like rebecca vibes i totally feel that yeah i think they kind of match up with each other yes and this is the iconic song that says fuck you forever yes <laughs> i wrote that it i think that that line is about like scott and scooter did you see that theory on twitter i don't think i did what was it so the, the lyric is like do you see my face in the neighbor's lawn does she smile or does she mouth fuck you forever and the theory was that her old record label and her new one are like neighbors to each other and taylor's like success with this new album is like just on their front lawn watching them and she's like oh you see my face all the time is she smiling at you or is she saying fuck you forever because it's like one side of taylor's like i'm gonna be nice the other side's literally fuck you forever yeah and i wanted to point out this lyric as well well fuck you forever first of all that is just iconic like i'm gonna like that's i feel that you yeah, know like, so when iconic. someone like screws you yeah. over it's like fuck you forever you know like i felt that and i want to point out this lyric where it's they say move on but you know i won't um i think hold on i'm gonna talk about that part first because i feel like people like are always like telling her to like get over stuff and like you know like she's not going to like i'm gonna talk about it i'm gonna write a song about it she doesn't have to get over it like and then this part this is my favorite line which is giving me kim and kanye vibes mm -hmm. and she says and women like hunting witches too doing your dirtiest work for you it's obvious that wanting me dead has really brought you two together and i think we all know what that's about what happened a couple years ago that snapchat video that ruined the world mm -hmm. and i like that i really like that women like hunting witches too that's a good lyric that was your favorite that's my favorite line yeah that's that a line, really good one specifically women like hunting witches too yeah well it also goes back to like when she says like they're hunting the witches and reputation yeah that those two lyrics were my favorite as well yeah i also said if this had more of like an upbeat tempo and drums it totally could be on reputation oh my god 100 percent. but on the other hand though it fits with the reputation album the song is more I feel like her expressing her freedom in relation to the events whereas reputation is more of like revenge and like this is what happened and like i'm coming at you for it which she has every right to reputation is the best era ever <laughs> but i think it could totally belong on reputation if she wanted it to that's completely true i feel that i completely agree it's a great song let's move on to both of our number 16 epiphany yeah i know it's just it's a good like it's just a cute slow song yeah and the first verse is about taylor swift's grandfather his name was dean and his landing on guadalcanal i don't know how to pronounce that but in 1942 obviously it has the lyrics let me go to it where it says keep your helmet keep your life son just a flesh wound here's your rifle crawling up the beaches now sir i think he's bleeding out obviously paints like a war picture and then the end of that where it's and some things you just can't speak about is obviously like ptsd you know mm -hmm. so i totally feel that i think it's a really beautiful song yeah. and i also feel and genius said that as well and i think everyone kind of feels this how it kind of is also about someone it's a so genius said i'm just gonna read what they said because i think they worded it good and it says epiphany describes someone hoping to find peace in their dreams despite living in a world of chaos and violence specifically in the midst of the current covid19 pandemic in the folklore album prologue swift explains that the song touches on her grandfather's experience in the military which i just mentioned 
mentioned. So yeah, like obviously like the parts, let's see, I'm gonna go into my favorite lyric where she says, something med school did not cover, someone's daughter, someone's mother, hold your hand through plastic now, doc, I think she's crashing out, and some things you just can't speak about. Obviously it really gives me like COVID vibes and like nobody can really see each other and like people in hospitals like cannot see each other and like mm-hmm. see like things have gone viral of like people like hogging through plastic, which is totally like those vibes, you know what I mean? For sure. Any last thoughts? No. Like I like the song and I think it's relaxing, but I think it's very long and is more like dragged out than the rest of them. Yeah, this one has a long outro, right? Yeah, but I do think like the idea behind it is sweet writing about her grandfather. Yeah. But it just didn't leave that much of a lasting impression when I listened to it the first time. Sorry, I almost said Reddit the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, compared to like the other songs, like kind of agree that this one is kind of like yeah. one that maybe like in a couple of years we'll look back on and like think about, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Let's move on to this iconic, iconic, iconic song, Betty. Betty. Yes. Which was also co-written by William Bowery. Yes. We'll get into that later again. (laughs) Really. So... Obviously, something that people pointed out right away is that Blake Lively's two daughters' names are used in the song, Inez and James. This song is written from the point of view of James, even though at first people speculated kind of that she, it was Taylor herself writing to another woman, which it obviously turned out not to be towards the end of the song where the girl like says James, you know? (laughs) So it's not what we thought it was, but this song is really old country Taylor vibes, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. It definitely brings me back to old Taylor, which is really fun to see her do that now yeah i just love this song so much and i think genius described this it says betty touches on the aftermath of august which describes a summer love that was doomed from the start listeners learned that while the summer affair was going on the speaker james was still dating his classmate betty so what are your thoughts i love everything about this song i think the lyrics are so key cohesive in the way she tells the story. I like that it's more upbeat compared to everything else in the album, even though it's still a sad perspective. I like how it builds at the end. Like, it's even more happy and exciting, even though it's still kind of sad. And it feels like I'm in a teen television show, which is totally on brand for me. So I love this song. I completely agree. And I think a lot of Swifties and us were also speculating that obviously back in the day in her song, The Moment I Knew, Jake Gyllenhaal doesn't show up to her birthday party. And you know what? In 2020, James showed up to Betty's party and at least he showed up, okay? At least he showed up. He cheated on her. He was there, okay? Something Jake Gyllenhaal not relate to. And this also references Cardigan at the end. She talks about Cardigan. Uh, I think she also mentioned it in another song. Yeah. Obviously, you know, the love triangle is mm-hmm. there. Cardigan is the new score. Literally. This song is so good. So what's your favorite lyric? Well, one lyric that I love is when she says, would you tell me to go fuck myself? Which I think is the perfect use of fuck. And I just like that line. One I like how she sings is I was walking home on broken cobblestones. I just like that line. What about you? So I actually have three favorite lines for this. Ooh. So don't mind me. So I really like the part where she says I'm only 17 I don't know anything but I know I miss you because that's just like cute yeah, and obviously that like, is cute. when you're young people don't think you know anything which references back to obviously Cardigan earlier mm-hmm. but yeah and then I also like this is sad where it's like the worst thing I ever did was what I did to you which is just like damn like it yeah. is and then I like this part where it's slept next to her but I dreamt of you all summer long I love the way she sings that and it's just you know what I mean like obviously like he loved Betty all along even though he was doing something bad to her you know mm-hmm. and you know what 
James, like, F you for hurting Betty, but still, like, this is a bop. <laughs> at least you showed up to the party. <laughs> yeah, that's all that matters. You made it up in the end, because at least you showed up for her. And I think that's yeah. such a cute song. I love that song. And we can dive deeper into that later in the love triangle. Yes. For right now, we'll move into Peace. So I really like Peace, and I feel like people are sleeping on this song, but I like it a lot. I think it's so heartbreaking, though, because she's singing about her vulnerability of saying, I can give you all these wonderful things, but I just will never be able to give you peace. But please let that be enough for us. It's just heartbreaking. I agree with you that I like people are sleeping on it because I think I'm definitely one of the people who is sleeping on this song just because throughout the weekend like I found that like this song was the one that I probably like when I like listened to it I wasn't really paying attention you know what I mean and I think in a couple of years I'll Mm -hmm. obviously or I mean a couple of days I'll probably like realize like wow this song is so good and like be obsessed with it I just think that for right now I haven't like listened to the song enough to appreciate it for what it is but it is a really beautiful song and my favorite lyric we're gonna go into that right now I love this all these people think love's for show but I would die for you in secret i love that that's my favorite lyric i wrote that down too yeah so what i like about that is basically just obviously like these people think that like she's putting on a show but she really really loves him and that she would do anything for him out in front of people or like in secret like when nobody's watching you know what i mean yeah how do you feel about it i just love the song i think it's so good i think it definitely is one of the songs the reason people are sleeping on it is because you have to really sit down and listen to the lyrics because there's not much with the music going on that really catches your attention but the lyrics just like grab you when you listen to it which is why i love it especially maybe since it's after betty you know what i mean like it goes yeah. from like that song you're just thinking about Betty and then it goes into peace. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about this iconic lyric, which is also one of my other favorite lyrics. But there's robbers to the east, clowns <laughs> to the west. Yes. I mean. And the W is capitalized in the lyric video. Yeah. I did see that. So obviously we know who she's referencing. Mm-hmm. So the robbers to the east are Scooter and Scott. Allegedly, yeah. you know, I don't know if I could say yeah, that. Yeah. Like I might get in trouble, but you know, allegedly, <laughs> but you know, we know We can speculate. Yes. And clowns to the west is very obvious. I don't even have to say yeah very self-explanatory it's true so that lyric is iconic and i love that i know that lyric's gonna be around for a while literally <laughs> people are gonna reference that all the time let's move on to the final song number 16 hoax what was your first thoughts on this song? So I actually didn't like this song when I first listened to it, and it was at the bottom of my list, but now she's at number 13. But I just thought it was such a, I still think it is, such a sad note to end your album off of. It definitely is the saddest ending to a Taylor Swift album. But after re-listening, I think the lyrics are so, like, haunting yeah, and beautiful. Agree. And I, I like it a lot. Also, she, let's see. I just literally thought the song was so, so sad. Yeah, I And so I also think that this is another one that I don't think I've listened to enough. And I think eventually, like, in a couple of days, weeks, or years, you know, whenever, I'll look back at the song and, like, realize how good it is and, like, appreciate it a little more, you know? Mm-hmm. And she also references uh, False God here in the part where she says, your love, your faithless love's the only hoax I believe in. And she says, the altar is my hips, even if it's a false god, we'd still worship this love that kind of has like the same theme and what was your favorite lyric from hoax i actually did not write down a favorite lyric for this one i don't know why this is the only one i didn't write one down but hmm, let me look through the song real quick do you have one tell me yours so i wrote down your faithless love's the only hoax i believe in oh this was the one i meant to write down (laughs) don't want no other shade of blue but you no other sadness in the world would do i just that's so sad you know what i mean it's like Mm -hmm. only like her like lover matters like every like you know like no other like obviously shade shade blue is like sad but like whatever pain she's going through 
like it's worth it. And then my other part is you knew the hero died. So what's the movie for? That one just like hit different. Yeah, that know? one did That's hit just different. just like sad. This whole song is just like the way I describe it is just sad. Do you have a favorite lyric? I meant to write down the one like don't want no other shade of blue but you. Okay, so that is all of our breakdown on all of the songs. And now we're going to go into theories. So let's just get this one out of the way really quick. So there is speculation that Joe is the person walking in the woods for the exile lyric video because Joe, there is a picture of Joe in the woods walking and it looks like it could be him from above. There's a comparison on the Instagram account T Swift New Era and I feel like it's 1000% him. Like that forest looks just like where the lyric video is. You the know fact what that I mean? it was made in isolation makes me think it was Joe too. Yeah, this theory is one that I am going to believe in. Yes, so I, this theory is... 100% made up by me and I want to start this whole speculation and I think it should take off but there's so many there's so many references to film and movie in almost every single song so I just really hope she's making a movie based on this album in the style of Mamma Mia that would be in the, the style of Mamma Mia iconic. that's exactly what I want this album to be okay but wait there's this other thing I saw on Twitter this girl's like interpretation of the whole album and she pieced the songs in like a specific order that tells a story and the whole arc is like it's the affair and how it happens and then Ooh. what happens with James's arch and how he feels because I guess he's like the main one in it and then the aftermath of what happens and I'll send it to you but it's really long to talk about in here but okay it's on Twitter if you look it up it's like everywhere it's so so good I have a confession to make I deleted my Twitter yesterday oh that's so lame I love Twitter I think I might make like a new Twitter where I just like not to follow people from like high school because that's what my old one was. It was all just like high school people like tweeting stupid stuff. Oh yeah, start a stan Twitter. So I think I'm gonna make, yeah, I'm literally gonna make a stan Twitter. I'll follow you. I love, I have a stan Twitter. You can follow me. I'm gonna stan everybody. Yeah, just how it outlines the songs and like pieces it together to tell a cohesive story literally feels like a movie. And if they did it in the style of Mamma Mia, like the way every single song is a story in itself, it would fit so perfectly. Yeah, we could probably literally just do a show about that. But if anybody wants to go see that, go on Twitter and yeah, see it. Yeah, literally just Google it. Yeah. Yeah, and now let's dive into the love triangle songs. So we have a whole like document here yeah. talking about everything. So let me just make this bigger so we could see it. The document that we have that we found on Twitter. So we weren't the ones that connected all these lyrics, but it's the connection between Cardigan, Betty, and August and the lyrics that match up with each other that makes us think it's a love triangle song, though there are other songs in the album that could well as be about the love triangle. I think as Karen mentioned before, Cardigan is from Betty's point of view, Betty is from James's point of view, and August is from the other woman's point of view. So let's dive in. So in the part where it's Cardigan, it's high heels on cobblestones. And then in Betty, it says, I was walking home on broken cobblestones. So that's wow. the connection between Betty and James. And then next we have chase two girls, lose the one in cardigan. And then in August, it says, I can see us twisted in bed sheets. And then it goes, because you were never mine. And then Betty, it says, slept next to her, but I jumped with you all summer long. Yes, I love that connection. So it's like Betty setting it up saying like, chase two girls, but you're going to lose one. And then James realizing that he's losing one because he's sleeping in bed with another one. Yeah. And then the other woman is saying, I could still see us, but you were never mine to lose. I love that lyric. Same. It's so true. Yeah, it is. And then this is a really obvious connection, but in Cardigan, like Betty basically writes, when I felt like I was an old cardigan under someone's bed, you put me on and said I was your favorite. And then in Betty, James says, standing in your cardigan, like acknowledging that or reiterating that the cardigan is Betty. Yeah, literally. And then it goes into the next lyric where 
it's cardigan it says to kiss in cars in downtown bars and then in betty it says kissing in my car again which rhymes with cardigan yes i love <laughs> I when love she wrote that. that yeah that's so good and then again in cardigan betty says i knew you'd miss me once the thrill expired and then james says in betty but I know I miss you because he knows his affair was not it. And then the last lyric in Cardigan from Betty's point of view is, and you'd be standing in my front porch light and I knew you'd come back to me. I love that. And that connects to Betty and James' point of view. He says, Betty, I'm here on your doorstep. I love that. Because he showed up. He showed up. (laughs) In Betty, from James' point of view, he says, if I told you it was just a summer thing, and then the other woman in August confirms by saying so much for summer and saying us, that it was just a summer thing. And then the final connection in Betty when James says, referring to the other woman, she said, James, get in, let's drive. And the other woman in her song from August says, remember when I pulled up and said, get in the car. And that is just so good. Like I love all of those connections and how like she made this love triangle. Like that's so good. Like writing a song from each person's like point of view is so good. Point of view is so smart literally but wait did did you also see the clip that was going around from friends when phoebe is singing up on stage and she's referencing ross rachel and this other woman and she's like this is a song i made up about three random people and one of them names betty like no way yeah i'll send you the clip it's so crazy i'm like taylor swift really just pulled from friends (laughs) that's so funny so my theory with the love triangle or i hope it will happen but the first song in the love triangle is Cardigan, and that's the first music, vi- the first single, and the first music video that Taylor made. So I'm thinking, what if she used every song in the triangle as a single and also a music video, and they all tied into each other somehow? Iconic. I would love that so much. Like as soon as you said that, I just knew that that would literally be perfect. And if Betty doesn't get a music video, I don't think I'm gonna survive. They're also like the best singles on of the album i would say they're so fun they'd get good radio play people would like them they'd be really fun to make music videos too i completely agree it's so good and i really hope that happens i would love 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 to see a music video for betty in august and just like that would be like you know just like telling a story that would be so good it would be so good but i also love to see a music video for the last great american dynasty but i might just be impartial to that song as my favorite i just wish there would be music video for every single song like i need like a visual album you know what i mean i know that would be iconic i think like any one of these that's why there needs to be a movie in the style of mom i completely agree i think that any one of these songs could be a great music video and a single so i'm really really excited to see what it will be to end off this amazing special episode let's speculate what the final song the deluxe song that none of us have heard yet what the lakes is about so there has been some speculation about this that Taylor might be married because, you know, us Swifties are always speculating that she's married, but, you know, whatever. I think she's married because she also referenced marriage and just everything in her last album with Lover and then reiterated it. Oh, my God. Reiterated it (laughs) in this now, I feel like, because she says we went to the lakes for three years. A lot of people get engaged after three years. But then she also says, I'll give you my wild. I'll give you a child. Yes, I would love, like, I am so excited to hear this song. Like, if she's actually married and, like, she, like, says that to us, like, in this song, that's going to be so special. Yeah. And if this is not what that song is about, I'm going to feel really dumb hearing this back. The whole reason that people are speculating the lakes is 
when Taylor is gonna confirm that she's married or engaged or something is that she wants to break it to like fans that she knows are gonna like buy her things and not just outright put it in the media she wants to like keep it a little bit mm-hmm. like like these are the people that know me they should know this first type of thing it's gonna be so crazy like when this song actually comes out and we get to hear it and i am so 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 excited yes but that brings us to the end of this special Taylor Swift folklore episode. We hope you enjoyed because we really, really enjoyed it. And we've been so excited to do this episode. Yes, we really hope you enjoyed it. It was so fun to just talk about everything in depth. <laughs> yeah. And if you haven't listened to this album yet, what are you doing? Go listen to it because it's literally amazing. It's everything. And this surprise drop literally saved 2020. Yes. So Taylor, if you're ever listening to this, we want to thank you so much for doing this because it literally just like gave me so much hope for life also this is such fall vibes i cannot wait to listen to this in the fall when i'm like walking in the leaves and whatever i will do who who knows you know what i mean yeah this is just the perfect album i love it so much so thank you so much for joining us and we will see you in our next episode coming later this week thank you so much and don't forget to stand taylor swift for clear skin yes Bye. bye